Surprise, bitch. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. I was going to take a break between season three, which ended last week, although I didn't say anything about that, (laughs) and season four, which starts this week. But what I've decided to do is I would just work through um, and like not take a break now so that I can take a break probably like at the end of December oh my god why am I going to first I meant to go into calendar so I can sort of tell you when that's gonna be so like the 29th of December there'll probably be a break then I kind of think maybe as well at the start of December because I'm going on holiday but I don't know it depends if I remember to record something or if I just end up recording on holiday like I did last time um but we're we're here it's the start of season four this is so exciting um we have a new we have new like cover art as well so so you know things have changed but they haven't really um <laughs> um but we're, we're here we're back um I have a lot of things that I want to talk about so I suppose we should get started You went mad because you thought I didn't find you funny. You'd spent every day before you found me thinking that that was all you were. It's not that I'm resigned to remaining miserable. No, it's it's not that at all. And I do on occasion find you amusing, amazing, downright confusing, delightful, insightful. Interesting and amusing. You're a snowstorm of sentimentality that swirls around me. I reach up, gripping onto each new aspect of you that I discover until I am snowed under, melting and freezing altogether, a sun-tanned slushy, trying to sum up all the ways that I want you. So don't think that I don't laugh because you're not funny. Sometimes it just has to be internal because I'm overwhelmed by the eternal ways that you find to surprise me by bringing a new kind of joy every day. That's kind of, I don't want to say adapted because I, I it's not, um, <laughs> but I, I guess inspired. Yeah, sure. Uh, That was inspired by the lyrics of a song that I'm not releasing now. It's it's gonna be um, February. I've decided upon February. Um, February the seventh, I think. Anyway, um, I'm gonna be releasing uh, this kind of two part project. Um, It's a book. Of poems and an album of songs that are like inspired or drawn from the poems and it's like a like looking back 
and taking a journey. I feel like I have explained this before, but I don't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like a, a like a journey through my life and the key moments and the key connections that I have made. Um, but what I just read um, is based on a song that was originally called Gemini. Super original and innovative because the person I wrote about is a Gemini. Um, I have now changed it though, but anyway. Um, basically, they were like super funny and they kind of really pinned their identity on that. And <laughs> so if I didn't like laugh straight away, like he would get like really like upset. Like he was not mean about it, but like it made him feel bad. Because in his mind, that was all he knew and that was all he was good at. To me, he was so much more. Like, he was so kind and compassionate and sweet and intelligent. Um, But he really just saw himself as the funny guy. And so I think it, it just really got to him if I didn't, like immediately like collapse in laughter <laughs> whenever he said something um funny and I just I, I still think about that because it's it's quite interesting and I, I know that feel if I like show someone something I wrote and they don't immediately go oh it's amazing I will literally like be in a mood for the rest of the day like I'll be so upset so I just I wanted to kind of write about that feeling because, I mean, everyone has that one thing that they're, like, really good at. Like, I'm not going to lie. I sort of base my whole, like, who I am and <laughs> and my own feelings about myself around my creativity. Um, for me, like, my work is very much who I am. And so... <laughs> which is probably not a good idea when I, like, sort of put it out into the world. Because... Like, if someone didn't like it, it's like they're saying they don't like me. <laughs> but it was it was very that, you know. He took it really personally if I didn't, like, immediately, like, wet myself laughing every time he, he like, said or did something that he intended to be funny. Um, and it's like, I'm just, I'm good. I find you funny. I like a lot of things about you. Like, chill, it's fine, we're good. I don't hate you, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, do you know, this is going to sound really vain, but I actually really like the song. That it, <laughs> Like, I really like it. I, to let you in on a bit of my process, what I do before I release something... I will get it to the point where I think, okay, I want to release this. But then I don't, I like, I don't like submit it to, you know, to the, I, I'll just like wait a bit and just sort of walk around listening to it. Like I'll just like put it on one of my playlists. So it'll come up every now and again. And I think, oh, okay, no, this is good. It's still good. I still like it. Because sometimes it's like I'll create something and I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Oh, my God. And then I'll listen to it like a couple of weeks later and be like, oh, well, that was shit, wasn't it? So I like to wait a little while 
so I can see if it's still got that magic before I throw it out into the world. Um, <laughs> because like I said, if you hate it, I'm probably gonna cry. Um, but honestly, this one, I'm like, wow, she she's a bop. She's a cute girl. We stand. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. The vanity of it all. But um, at the moment, I'm thinking February. But also, I don't know, because it's my birthday. So I kind of wanted to relax and not have to <laughs> promote two projects at once. But... I mean, on the other hand, it, it would be like both me and the new record and the new book would all be Aquarius's. And I feel like that would be really rad. asleep. My pillows feel like your doughy chest. It would have felt firmer had you smashed the gym instead of my sister. That was petty. Sorry. Sometimes I think it would be easier if you were dead. Like, no offence, but at least then I could pretend that you meant to call but you couldn't because, you know, you were dead. You're sorry. You know, by the way, it gets easier all the time because I forget who you are and I sculpt a softer, safer you that I miss more than I ever loved your reality. actually really remember what I wrote that about I don't I don't think it's based on my life I think it's just something I thought up because I don't know anyone that has had sex with my sister when they should have been having sex with me so um <laughs> uh I, I don't know um I mean obviously you know not everything is is based on my life but the weird thing is is the way that's written it feels like it should be but I'm pretty sure it's not. So, who knows? I mean, at this point, I have written thousands of things, some of which I've released, some of which I haven't. So, um, it is as much a mystery to me as it probably is to you. Um, <laughs> uh, but I've, I've always liked the, um, the line about the phone call. I think about that a lot. I think it's very sad, but very lovely sentiment.
so just a, a PSA. Um, I'm about to kink shame some racists. Um, so... I would say if you're a racist and you don't want to be kink shamed, skip ahead. But I mean, honestly, maybe you need to hear this. Um, but most people are not racist. And so don't need to be kink shamed. So you can just join me and just laugh at these people, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, that is that is what's going to be happening right now. I know that I should stop looking at Twitter and allowing things to make me angry. But honestly, if I did, I'd have no content for this part of the show, to be quite honest with you. Um... <laughs> Twitter really is the angriest place on earth. Um, so, basically, uh, somebody um, on Twitter um, who is, uh, from what I can tell from her Twitter account, I think she... Uh, she is a, a sex worker and she makes her own content and she works independently. Um, she made a tweet about the website Pornhub, which is a porn website, as um, many people will know. Um, and she pointed out that not only is it a website that steals content from creators like her, who create their own independent work um, and so they will allow their content to be posted on there without any royalties or I, I honestly I wouldn't know how that works I'd assume it's the same as as like with any other kind of content you know um, but Pornhub does not have any um, any way for those creators to get paid if their work is put on their website without their consent like with YouTube if, for example, somebody put one of my songs on there or something, I could have the option to monetize that video so the ad revenue for that video comes to me rather than the person who uploaded it. Um, this website does not have that available, but they allow stolen content to be posted, um, which I think was the original source of her upset with the website but she also talks about um the fact that the website allows child abuse images to be present on their website which is illegal i think um they allow revenge porn to be posted on the website so you know pictures and videos that you may have given to someone else and then they post it without your consent and they also allow race play which um, is basically like racism but during sex I, I, I know um, and somebody replied saying can anyone explain why race play is on the same list as these other terrible things I am under the impression that race play can be pretty common and a healthy thing for certain interracial couples. And I just... 
bitch, what the fuck? In what world is it healthy to allow your partner to racially abuse you? Like, what the fuck? I really first became aware that this was even a thing um, a while ago. I was seeing this person and they asked me if I would be interested in that. And I was like, excuse me, bitch. And then he started going on about how really like racial slurs aren't a big deal. It's just words and all that. And I'm like, (laughs) says someone who's never been called a racial slur. Like, wow. Um, Because... I, I think I've I've talked about this not not this but I've talked about racism before. It is this kind of trauma that follows you for the rest of your life. Um, I understand that some people have reclaimed certain slurs and that is their right, but not everybody has and not everybody wants to. And for someone to ask. Hey, can I call you the N-word while I have sex with you? It's like... Um... No. I, I don't think that you can. Um, what the fuck? Why would you want to do that? You know, I... I just... And it frustrates me that this kind of content is apparently becoming normalised and being portrayed as healthy because let's not sit here and pretend that this kind of stuff doesn't have an effect on the real world outside, right? Um, You know, the fetish... I can never say this word. Fetishization. I probably said it wrong, but you know what I mean. You know the word I mean. The that of of ethnic minorities has a real effect in the real world. Um, The way that people um, stereotype, for example, Asian women um, comes very much from their portrayal in in porn um and things like that the way that people um fetishized fetish you know what i mean the way that people do that to for example black men um black men are often now seen as you know kind of these scary big dudes that that will you know rape and ravage white women that may not have started in porn. It started with like good old fashioned regular racism that didn't try and tell itself it was progressive. But the the increase of that showing up in porn has continued that dangerous stereotype that puts black men's lives in danger because they could just be minding their fucking business. And they'll they'll still be seen as a monster. They could be doing nothing wrong, and it's and people will instantly just switch and see them as a monster because of those portrayals, right? Because of the way that they are seen, because of that continued stereotype. 
um, the same with, you know, um, pretty much any race of woman, actually, um, there is this continued stereotype that deep down what we really want is to be demeaned and controlled by white men. Um, and that comes directly from things like race play content. And so no, I, I don't think you can say something like that is healthy. I don't think it should be normalised. And you know what, whatever reasons people will come up with to try and justify it, it's still fucking racism. If you call me that N-word, that's racist. <laughs> like, I, it just is. It, it doesn't matter if you calling me that gets your dick hard or not, you're still a fucking racist. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old fashioned, but you know, if I'm in an intimate situation, I want somebody to, you know what I mean? I'm sharing that moment with someone I care about. I don't want them to fucking be abusive to me and remind me of all the times I've been called that word throughout my childhood, like, and my life. <laughs> I, do you know what I mean? I don't understand how that could be healthy. Like, hey, let's just revisit some trauma while we're having sex. Like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Who, who thinks that's healthy? What kind of scam artist moron thinks, you know what would be really good right now? I I'm just I I'm just I'm just gonna you know chuck a bunch of racial slurs at you. I'm gonna, you know. I'm gonna be really abusive and horrible to you. And and the other question that I think really doesn't get asked enough. What is wrong with the kind of person that gets off, on, acting that way towards somebody? What is wrong with the kind of person who? who can call somebody something horrible like that and treat someone like that and still orgasm at the end of it. Like, I... I'm just, I'm just asking. You know, I... I mean, Jesus, what... What goes wrong in your life that you you genuinely get off from being abusive to other people? I I mean you have to wonder like what else is lurking under there? <laughs> like you know I wouldn't think that a person who can find any kind of enjoyment from that has any respect for me that's how I would see it I would you know if you can say those things and you can act that way towards me and enjoy it you don't respect me as a person you don't respect who I am you don't see us as equals you know 
And so what's the point? What's the point in pursuing this? What's the point in being with you? You know, and also maybe you should be in, in prison. Maybe be more at home in one of those white supremacist gangs they have in jail. I don't know. But I just... I don't I, genuinely I think I think it's the use of the word healthy that pissed me off because what the fuck what the actual fuck <laughs> who thinks that's healthy I I mean it's it's not normal to want to say horrible things to a person you care about in an intimate space but it's also not really healthy and normal to want to be called that in that kind of situation like or or really in any situation um if you if you are deriving some kind of enjoyment from being abused by someone you're supposed to be able to trust and have a relationship with then I'd say what you need to be doing is speaking to somebody you know about why why you want or need to be you know hurt like that like what the fuck I just I just I don't I don't see how it can be productive or healthy or good for either side really and I think for me it says a lot about what the core of the current discussion about sexual stuff is it's no longer about you know letting people do what they want as long as it's safe and healthy and consensual for everybody because realistically speaking there is no way that it is healthy for a situation in which that is happening to you in which you're you're literally being racially abused by your partner like i just i mean that's that's going to have lasting effects it just is you you know and that to me doesn't seem to work with the core of safety and healthiness and whatever like to me, it just kind of seems like this whole situation, this whole conversation is just veering into let the other person do whatever they want to you. Who cares about what happens after? Who cares about, you know, the long term effects of it? If it feels good for them, just do it. And it kind of feels like a scam, you know. Um so yeah that was a bit of a what the fuck moment um (laughs) i i just healthy this bitch really said healthy i (laughs) i want to say that if someone called me like the n-word or like 
various other slurs I've been called throughout my life, you know, half-caste, mongrel, darky. I'd like to say I'd punch the bitch, but I know myself, I'd probably just cry for a long time. Um, I, I just, I can't see a scenario in which that would ever feel good for me. And also, I don't think I could ever trust the other person again, because I'd be like... You're like a secret member of UKIP, aren't you? No, not even UKIP. You're like, you're like a member of like Britain First. You want people like me deported secretly, don't you? Well, guess what, bitch? I'm not going anywhere and you're getting out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. Don't ever come here again. Do not call me. Don't text me. Don't look at me directly, you psychotic racist prick. for a platform where you can have your voice heard find your home and find your voice on rumble the brand new video platform where you can share your thoughts express your passions and find like-minded people and creators download rumble from the app store or visit rumble.me to find out more Everybody thinks it's alright, because she was born bad. If they tell themselves that enough times, then it's true. She changes before their eyes from a wide-eyed child with dreams, homework and a school tie her mother has to help her with, to become their evening entertainment, because they talk a new image into her skin with their eyes and their mouths and their minds. They repeat it like a prayer. She is a slut. She came to us. She started it. Predators, chanting in a circle, believing their magic is innocent. They never ask her why she's near the night, why she dares to venture into darkness. Because they know the truth. It tarnishes their already jittering justification. But it doesn't matter. It never matters because they are good men if they say they are good men and she is a slut if they say she is a slut. She came to them even when they spent months laying out a line of pebbles and promises, easing her down a perilous path, letting her get lost, drunk on the idea that they gave a damn before they stole her as she slept. But it's still her fault because they say it is. The court will free the devil if he wears a nice enough suit, but they will hang her from the skirt that she wore and a map of all the places she went, even though she had no sense of direction. And nobody expects a poor, helpless, grown man to say no, because he's a good man if he says he is. And she was born bad, no matter how many times she said no. I was really thinking about um, Sammy Woodhouse when I wrote that. Sammy Woodhouse is a a campaigner. Um, She works to help victims of of child abuse and grooming. Um, And she 
she was a a survivor of the abuse at Rotherham, the um, grooming gang. Um, one of the things that she talked about um, is how she's had to fight to have criminal convictions removed from her record for situations that she was put in by her abuser as part of the abuse that the police just kind of ignored the reality of the situation and arrested her and I I was really thinking about how the victims of child abuse are often treated like they're adults because people it's almost like people don't want to face up to the reality of what has happened to these children and so they force this image of you know you're responsible for what happened to you onto them it's your fault you did this you know you shouldn't have been out at this time of night you shouldn't have been um talking to these people you shouldn't have worn that you know just this people have this desperate need to throw a bunch of reasons as to why a child is responsible and not an adult and I I, I think you know what she said about you know the convictions that are on her record I think that's another example of that you know it, I, I, I mean does, did it not occur to the police to look at that situation and think a little girl in this situation something is wrong something very bad is happening and I need to look further into this because there is a very real risk that she is in danger did that not occur to them rather than just arrest her give her a record like did they not think well, she's obviously in danger I need to find out what's going on and I need to help her they just immediately assume the worst and they just assume no she's just a bad kid let's arrest her let's give her a record rather than let's try and help her because she is obviously in danger she needs our help and it it could be possible that they could have helped her and got her out of that abusive situation a lot sooner had they not just assumed that she was you know somebody that needed to be arrested and and locked up you know if they had looked properly at the situation and not gone in with a bias. Sorry, my radio is making a weird noise. Um, if they had not gone in with a bias, they could have helped her out of that situation a lot sooner. And they could have helped other girls and other other victims as well. Um, but instead, they just, they throw that adult responsibility at a child. Um you know, and it it doesn't, it's madness. Um, you see it a lot um, as well uh, with 
Um, there's been quite a few cases over the last few years of um, boys in school being groomed and abused by by female teachers, right? And it's almost always reported in the media as, you know, he he seduced her, you know, she was helpless, she didn't know what to do. She's a fucking adult. He's a child, you know, and and again, throwing that that adult responsibility onto a child when there is an adult in this situation whose job it was to shut it down. It, do you know what? It doesn't matter whether that child pursued you or not, although I do doubt that, I'm going to be honest. Um, that doesn't matter if you're the adult, the responsibility is on you to say, no, this is not okay. But realistically, in a lot of those situations, that boy has been groomed, he has been manipulated. And yet the media, the public even, will blame him. And they will put that responsibility on him. And I think as long as we as a society continue that narrative and continue blaming children for the things that adults do, we are never going to reach a point where these things don't happen. You know, it, it's, I mean, it's really quite simple and clear cut. If you want the abuse of children to stop, Stop blaming children for being abused. Stop acting like it's their fault. Because the more we do that, the more that narrative continues. The more people find ways to justify doing that. And it just, it goes on and on. is really happening that's a thing and the campaign started this week and girl these messy bitches um so where do I begin um firstly Jacob Rees-Mogg or as I like to call him haunted postman Pat because he looks like a postman Pat doll but like one that's been like possessed 
by like a demon or something. He was on the radio and he basically said that the people who died in the Grenfell Tower disaster, if he had been there, he would use his common sense and leave even though the official advice they'd been given was to stay where they are. And I was like, we fucking get it, Jacob. Like, you think you're super smart because your dad bought you a fancy education and you wrote a book about the Victorians or whatever. Like, did you really need to use this moment? These people that went through something so horrible... Did you really need to use that to basically brag about how clever you think you are? Like, fucking hell. Like, Jesus. And then, like, members of his own party were defending him and being like, oh, it was so dumb. And they were like, oh, no, no, um, you know, it's fine. It was wild. Um, Boris Johnson, um, he made a visit to... A hospital and that went well obviously and by that I mean it didn't he was exposed by um, one of the staff and there was another exposed moment one of the local papers um, talked about how they had been told they had to get there super early to meet with him and then it turned out he basically spoke to them for about five minutes and wouldn't let them ask proper questions and then just fucked off. So the whole thing was just about him trying to look good to the public without actually doing any work or putting in any effort, which is just classic Boris, really. Um, both the Conservatives and Labour have had to get rid of candidates because apparently they don't know what background checks are. There have been candidates that have been removed for being racist, candidates that have, you know basically blamed rape victims um there's been candidates that have said that they think poor people should be put down uh there's been candidates that have been homophobic just it's a whole mess and i'm just asking background checks bitches have you ever heard of them it's a mess and we've still got weeks of this shit to go um, before it's over and and the new messy bitches have to try and form a government. So it's very fun and exciting. Um, they've all been, you know, launching their, you know, campaigns and shit. Joe Swinson, who's the leader of the Liberal Democrats got a massive bus with her face on, which personally I thought was a bit of a mistake because people still look at her and think about the coalition and, you know, the austerity and all the cuts that came with that. And I mean, it's not like she doesn't have, you know, MPs that weren't associated with that, that she could include on, like, her bus or her leaflets. Um, but literally all of the Lib Dems, like election paraphernalia is just a it's the same picture of joe swinson and i'm like okay 
that's what you want to do, but you know, yikes. Um, they also, they've been having a few kerfuffles with bar charts. Lib Dems, I, I, um, basically they keep releasing these bar charts showing that people should vote for them because they're the most likely to win seats and defeat uh, the Conservative Party in in seats that the Conservatives currently hold. But if you look at the small print, it's basically saying, we asked these people if it was a straight race between the Liberal Democrats and the Conservatives, would you vote Liberal Democrats? And this is how they voted. So it's not actually based on proper, like, data that isn't, like, <laughs> really sort of manipulated to give them the answer that they want so that was a bit cringe and also in this part I found quite funny a tweet went viral about the fact that the Liberal Democrats are the only party that have ever had a leader who ended up assassinating a dog if you don't know what what that refers to basically um the former leader of uh, the Liberal Party, which is what the Lib Dems were before they sort of joined up with another party to become the Liberal Democrats. They were just the Liberal Party before. Um, so Jeremy Thorpe was having this relationship with a guy called Norman Scott. And then he wanted to basically get Norman Scott out of the way. So he tried to have him assassinated, but the assassin got like freaked out and just shot his dog and he didn't end up killing Norman Scott so when you think about it the leader of the Liberal Democrats had a dog assassinated <laughs> and and that went viral so that was a fun moment um I don't know if there's any more scandals um, I think it's just so many candidates dropping out already. I just... The weird thing is from Labour for that, for me, because Labour have been going on for months about how they're a government in waiting. And then... Firstly, there's a huge delay in them selecting candidates in some areas. They only announced a candidate where I live, like, yesterday. Um, and... Um, you know, in lots of other places, there's been huge delays, but they're announcing these candidates and then the, you know, the press or whatever are coming out and saying, well, actually this person's been like super racist for several years. Actually, this person's a homophobe. Actually, this, you know, this person said that they, they were very excited about Tony Blair dying or whatever. And then Labour are like, <laughs> what do you expect us to do? Get rid of them and find another candidate? And it's like, well, yeah, lads. But I mean, didn't you say that you were ready for this election? Like, why is it suddenly come as a surprise to you? Why are you just throwing whoever, whoever you can find into these seats? Like, really? You couldn't take five seconds to just search through people's tweets before you selected someone? How is this happening? You say you're a government in waiting, but all your candidates seem to be a rush job that you haven't even bothered to check out to see if they're not, like, 
weirdos and stuff like that like what is that about um but yeah there are a few more weeks of this madness i'm here for the drama i'm not gonna lie but i just i'm nervous about the election because i i don't want the current government to stay the current government but I also don't think that the current opposition <laughs> is really capable. So I'm like, hooray, I don't want any of the two major parties to win. Great. As uh, so it's a bit of a sucky situation, but we will see what happens. Um, and I, if I remember, will drop in to give you little reminders on all the drama that has happened. Um also, nothing has happened with Brexit because apparently that's the reason that we're having this election because nothing's happening with Brexit. But to be honest, I don't think that this election is going to make any difference to Brexit. So that's reassuring. That particular mess rolls on and on, which is just brilliant. past each other. What do you want for your birthday? A thought smiled to stoic face. And I said, I want you back. And I wept to my high school portrait until age came to collect me. That was some super dramatic shit. I actually, I remember writing that, I was in the bath, and I just, I don't know, my birthday was actually coming up, and people kept asking me what I wanted, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what I want, I don't know, um, but also, I felt, like, old, because, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm probably not, um, realistically, I think I was... It was 2016, so I would have been, so it's before my birthday, so I'd have been about 23, maybe? Christ, I don't know. But anyway, I was not at the point in my life where I thought I would be when I was 23, when I was imagining what my life would be like. Um, and so I suddenly thought, oh my God, I'm so old and, and nothing's going right. And oh my God, I wish I could just go back, you know, and... Now, I'm just like, girl, relax. Everything was under control. You're just dramatic. It's fine. Um, it was nice, though, just, like, writing in the bath. I like doing that, like, lighting some candles, having some cider because I can't drink, you know, grown-up alcohol, and just, you know, writing poems, and it's a fun time. It really is. Get the new album, Sleepwalking, by Jennifer Wong. 
Available now on iTunes, Spotify, and all major streaming services and digital stores. Find the Deluxe Edition exclusively on Bandcamp and JenniferWan.com, featuring the new single, Calais and Dover. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you very much for being with me. Uh, you can check out the rest of my work, including loads of free stuff, at my website, jenniferwan.com. Um, thank you to uh, my friends at Patreon. I've decided that's just how we're going to say it, by the way. Uh, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David and Anna. Uh, thank you very much. Um, if you want to support the show on Patreon, is that how I even said it before? Probably. Um, the link is in the description and you will get lots of exclusive and fun content, lots of early release content um, and free merch as well. Um, you also get copies of all my paid releases like books and albums for free. Um... You can also find more of my stuff on social media uh, with the username at MissJSquared on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Rumble, all the places, YouTube. Um, and I will see you next week. Good night, my love.